in, in a relatively short retreat such as this one. It can feel as if there's a lot of suggestions coming from the front. Uh, and just a kind of reminder that you don't have to pick them all up and remember them all and practice them all. You know, just to sense, well, what feels helpful? Or what might I like to play with? You know, and to let go of anything that doesn't uh, feel appropriate for this moment, this day. It's all recorded and you can listen afterwards if you choose. <clears throat> but as, as uh, we mentioned yesterday, the, the sense of the framework, particularly in these morning instruction periods, is, is this satipatthana. Sati meaning mindfulness, patana establishing mindfulness. This satipatthana teaching of the Buddha that moves through the four domains of body and then feeling tones and mental states and then kind of frames of reference. And, and so those, that will be the unfolding at this time of day. And although there is that unfolding, the practice never really leaves the domain of the body. So really just at the beginning of this day, again, establishing that intentionality into the body, into the felt experience of the body sitting here now. This is our, uh, the ground of all of our practice over these days. And as we uh, highlighted yesterday, this, this invitation, as the, the Buddha puts it in the sutta, to know the body. Know the body as it's sitting, as it's standing as it's walking, as it's lying down, as it's in-betweening, moving between those different postures. To know it experientially, sense it. To know the body involved in the different activities of the day. So this theme of sustaining continuity of awareness. What helps make the day more seamless? What helps support this embodied presence moving through the different moments and activities of the day? We, we highlighted the feet yesterday as really useful supports for that useful anchors for that. <clears throat> we also, Yuka, uh, drew our attention to these hindrance factors yesterday. And 
just kind of normalizing them. Un, you know, n- no need to see them as a problem. See them just as normal aspects of experience. And again, to get a bit playful about what helps sustain intention through the waves of the hindrance factors that arrive. What helps sustain embodiment through through those. Another theme of yesterday was this theme of appreciation and enjoyment. Just how helpful it is to, to have that intention. What here is enjoyable in this moment. Even just the okayness, the quiet okayness of the hands or of this breath, might that be enjoyable? You know, might that be something that I can be nourished by? The the quiet okayness of these anchors, hands, seat, breathing, feet. Such a skillful orientation in the practice to make much of what is enjoyable, really to drink it in, breathe it in. Noticing how that is possible even when other parts of the body may feel more agitated or difficult. You know, they can coexist. And last evening, offering just some reflections to play with around the elements, sensing, oh, is that. Might those be helpful perceptions for encouraging this body, heart, mind to settle, to rest, to cohere, to become more fully soaked in friendly presence? I mean, we could almost leave the instructions for the retreat at that. You know, there's plenty there, isn't there, for at least a week or at least a lifetime of practice, you know. We could, just as within those frames, though, just notice something that's probably happening anyway in our relationship with the anchors of the body, whether that's a particular anchor such as the breathing or the hands or indeed the whole body, which there are suggestions in the sutta, the Buddha really valued the sense of the whole body, sensing the whole body. (coughs) And he he fine-tunes our awareness with a little sequence of three inflections of attention. The first of which is is viveka, which means to withdraw investment. 
in the thoughts and things of the world that are preoccupying. Can you, can you sense that that's part of what we're doing here? That sense of, okay, just withdrawing the investment in the busyness or the rumination. And we need to do it again and again and again, don't we? But just that sense of, okay, just coming out of that, not putting fuel on the fire. The second vitaka is directing the attention to something skillful, something helpful, something grounding, something resourcing. Can we, we feel that we're doing that? So it might be, okay, hands, or in-breath, or feet. So withdrawing and directing. And again, we made, you know, a hundred times in a sitting, could be. He also, though, refines our sense of attention by, by noting that actually... When we get to the hands, a different quality of attention is, is needed to help sustain connection with the anchor. He calls it vichara, which we could translate as a kind of receptive sensitivity. So, you know, if you play with this in, with the hands right now, just kind of Okay, withdrawing from the other thinking, directing to the hands, and then feeling, (laughs) sensing. Almost like listening to the tingling, the fizziness, the numbness, the the quiet okayness of the hands, if they do feel okay right now. Do Do you sense that? It's a subtle but important kind of inflection of attention. It's not just go to the hands. It's like, oh, listen to them. It's not just go to the breath. It's like, listen and receive and feel. And we could also add in the sense of appreciate. Appreciate the anchors today. Can I really appreciate that which is grounding as I feel it? and kind of ride the waves of it, perhaps if it's the breathing, kind of ride the waves of the breath and sustaining connection with. So that little sequence may be really helpful for deepening the, the, con- the, the connection, the sensitivity to the grounding, steadying, nourishing anchor or anchors that you play with today. Withdrawing, directing, receiving, sensing, appreciating. Being willing to use those tools again and again and again and again. (laughs) But that sensitivity is is what helps to, to sustain, sustain, sustain connection with resourcing places in the body. And again, to notice that we can probably do that 
even in the presence of aspects of our experience that may be unpleasant, uncomfortable. As we know from the studies of attention and our own lived experience, what does attention tend to do in the presence of that which is uncomfortable or painful? It goes to it and kind of gets stuck to it, right? And often thereby amplifies it, doesn't it? You know, the, the feeding of the fire of that unpleasantness or that pain often happens because of the kind of attention that I'm giving to it, where I'm really allowing it to fill the mind and fill the awareness and often adding all kinds of stories and beliefs. This pain will never go away. You know, this happened because of that. You know, what does this mean about my past, my future? Why am I uniquely afflicted with a back that f- feels like it's on fire? You know? <laughs> and part of the, the principle of that viveka, that withdrawing of attention, is to have that sense of, okay, as well as the, the mindfulness skill of being able to be with discomfort, and give it a a more helpful attention, there's also a really important skill of practicing how not to give discomfort and pain so much attention. So a question like, well, where is not in pain? Where is not uncomfortable? Where in this body actually feels steadying and nourishing and resourcing and grounding, you know. And can I practice making much of that and withdrawing the the interest even sometimes in the painful or the the unpleasant. The, The practice of mindfulness is not just to be with what's difficult. Because so often when we do that, particularly if it's intense, we get overwhelmed or flooded or just contracted. And I'm guessing most of us know that experience, right? <laughs> you know. So really, if the body is feeling painful or if there's pain in the heart-mind, really to, as a, as a conscious, compassionate choice, play with giving attention to where feels okay, where feels grounding, where feels steadying, where feels anchoring. You know. The soles of the feet, you know, the hands in the lap, the sit bones, the tailbone. And the, the tendency that, again, Jaya pointed to yesterday to contract around pain just this sense, okay, can there be a wide, spacious awareness that holds the whole of ex- the embodied experience, that keeps a sense of ground, so that in, work, in practicing with anchors, we're never just contracting to that anchor. We keep the sensitivity to the whole field of the body. 
pain tends to cause the, the awareness to contract, doesn't it? So to keep that spaciousness is supportive around it. We, we can notice just, as uh, so we were saying, the, the way in which perception amplifies discomfort and pain. Even the label pain can be enough to make it more unpleasant. Do you notice that? Because the label pain invokes the whole history of that pain or the whole kind of perception of its future, imagined future. So to, to have that more energetic sense, okay, oh, tingling, fiery, fire element here, you know, or freeze, the, the kind of water element, there's a, a frozen unpleasantness that's here, you know. Uh, and just to be more with the energetic quality of discomfort rather than the, the story, the self-view, the label of it. Because part of what that will do is, is to highlight how much it's changing, how it's flickering and changing, and not as fixed, not a noun. (laughs) It's a process rather than a fixed thing, or at least to have that as a curiosity. Can I sense this is changing? This is, you know, practical compassion. And just to keep remembering the sense today of friendliness, kindness, caring for this body. <clears throat> Almost like we might for a, a child, you know. Can I bring that kind of grandmotherly, caring warmth? friendliness that that just is tender with this precious body that goes through so much, doesn't it? You know, to have that sense of, 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 of warmth, compassionate holding of embodied experience can be so uh, make such a difference not something we've got to fix. And we really see as we practice with the body in this kind of way that the lessons that we learn or the, well, the skills we're developing are, are really lessons for life, aren't they? <laughs> you know, this, this experience of embodiment is so central to our experience of being human. And so these kind of practices of what helps give more ground, more steadying, what helps nourish and resource this experience of embodiment, what what can be enjoyed, what ways of relating help to soothe and heal ease. 
a difference it makes when I bring kindness and compassion. Recognize how things are changing. So, yeah, what a blessing to have a day to do this in these kind of conditions, supportive, friendly conditions. So if you want to stretch or even stand just and then in your own time just settling into a posture that feels appropriate for this moment whether that's sitting or standing. And as we settle, receiving the sensations of contact with ground, uh, the ground of the floor the ground of whatever we're sitting on. Can we receive those steadying sensations as a gift? Appreciating and fully hosting whatever is steadying and supportive in this experience of grounding. Receiving the support of the sits bones. 
maybe letting the awareness expand from there to soak the whole of the lower half of the body in friendly presence. saturating the lower half of the body in warmth and kindness. There are areas of the lower half of the body that are uncomfortable. And choosing to highlight and receive those areas that feel most okay, most steadying, most grounding. Maybe sensing the, and allowing the weight of the lower half of the body, the earth heaviness. Letting the lower half be soaked in gravity. Warm, friendly. Maybe noticing that in doing this, we're playing with those intentions, those more subtle tools of withdrawing from other preoccupations, gently directing the attention into the lower half of the body. And then this receptive sensitivity to the textures of sensation, tingling, weight.
including, if it feels helpful, including the hands in this awareness. Vitaka that takes attention to the hands, and then the vichara that feels their weight, their sensitivity, the tingly. Okayness, maybe. listening to the hands. Allowing this warmth, this sensitivity to infuse the arms. To feel their weight To soak them in friendly presence. Letting this expanding arena of awareness also include the breathing. The ripples and waves of air element that we call breathing. What happens if we bring an appreciative awareness, an attitude of gentle enjoyment, 
to the ever-changing sensations of breathing. Just how enjoyable could I allow this breathing, this breath, to be? Can there be a sense of breathing with? Peacefully coexisting with any sensations in the body or patterns in the mind, the heart, that are difficult, that are uncomfortable. Breathing with. Allowing. Foregrounding the sense of friendly presence.
thank you, Chris. Um, uh, before I just offer a few more um, reminders about the walking meditation, a few uh, announcements about today's program. So to begin with, um, this morning, we will begin meeting with you in small groups. Um, the list of the groups and the times are posted on the board. And this is an opportunity to mm, just uh, articulate a little bit about what's happening in your experience, what you're discovering, how you're working with the instructions offered, or what's arising, really, in the space of your practice here. And sometimes that can feel like a stretch to to talk in the midst of a silent retreat, but your coming and sharing something uh, is an offering to one another because we learn from one another's experiences and also to just be there to hold space uh, for each other. And it's very helpful also for us to get a sense of who you are and what's happening in your practice and helps us to do our best to attune to what's needed in the group. So we really appreciate if you could come when your meeting is posted, even if it's just to say, you know, I really don't feel like talking this morning, you know, just to, so that we get a glimpse of you. Um, and you'll have a couple of these small group meetings over the course of, of, of four days and see a different teacher the next time. So. Um, and because of that, so we, we may be late into the hall here in the morning for the, the next couple of sittings, but don't worry, one of us at least will be here to ring the bell. So those of you who aren't having group meetings, you won't be marooned <laughs> in the space here. Um, and then this afternoon or, the, or this evening at the 6.30 sit, uh, we, we'd like to offer um, also the space for uh, what we call an affinity group sit. Um, So IMS has a very strong commitment. All of us feel a very strong commitment to creating a welcoming space for everyone, regardless of our our history or our background. But you can look around you and see that this is a, you know, it's not a particularly um, diverse community here particularly on this retreat, actually, often as well. And that, um, you know, it's overwhelmingly white, middle class, possibly heterosexual, I have no way of knowing, but this tends has tended to be the dominant group, you know, in our society. And for those of us who maybe don't come from that dominant group, being here at IMS feels, can feel energetically more of a stretch, uh, than, than we realize. An example is, you know, just the sense of safety that many of us might assume in going out and walking around the loop here is not necessarily experienced by everyone. This is a, a, a kind of very conservative white neighborhood, you know, and uh, it's not always everyone's experience that they feel safe here. 
So although we all come with particular challenges into this environment and ways in which we may feel excluded, the burden of this falls has fallen historically and continues to fall disproportionately on certain segments of the population. And over many years of experimenting and consultation and also reflection and, and feedback, we've found that it can be supportive to create these spaces where Uh, people from certain segments of the community or sub-communities within our community can just have an experience of sitting together with people who um, share some of that history or um, context of being in the world. And so at 6.30 today and the day after tomorrow... M200, which is the the sitting room at the end of the corridor upstairs, will be put aside for anyone who identifies as a person of colour to come and sit together if you feel the inspiration to do that. There's absolutely no obligation to make use of this or to feel pressure to show up to support one another or anything. Just feel into what what draws you. Mm. And the idea is just to have this space where you can sit together and maybe begin a sit by introducing yourselves, but then it's not intended to be a sharing group. It's just a space uh, to sit with people with whom you might feel naturally more comfortable. Um, And it's not that... uh, you, You may not have checked that box on your form. You know, there are many of us who have mixed mixed identities and mixed heritages. Yuka and myself, for example, you know, we have China and Japan represented up here also on the stage. And it's not always evident what histories we carry that, you know, may may mean that we don't feel quite so comfortable in an all-white environment. So if you'd like to, if you identify within that population or then you're very welcome to uh, that sitting at 6.30 today. And then tomorrow, there's also an affinity sitting at the same time, same place for members of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and queer community and those who are gender non-conforming. Again, this is something that on this retreat, compared to other retreats, we don't have lots of checks boxes of gender non-conforming people, but it may be that you just didn't check that on your box. And so uh, if you identify within the LGBTQ community and you'd like to attend that sit, that's at 6.30 tomorrow. And there'll be signs posted on the board and the door of M200 to remind you. And then anyone else, just please leave the space in M200 available. So I know that, you know, some of you, this maybe raises a lot of questions and there are other unseen communities here who perhaps also would appreciate some space and we get requests for that but this is what uh, we've decided uh, on the basis of all past experience and consultation to to offer here and I think there's more uh, explanation of this in the folders in your room if you have questions about it please look there and you can always come back to us also also at the 6.30 sit we we may not uh, come into the hall and so we'd be really grateful if in the main hall 
somebody could volunteer to be the practice leader for that sit, which entails coming and sitting up here, keeping time and ringing the bell at the end of the sit. can be a brilliant antidote to sleepiness. <laughs> so I mean, many of you, you are used to sitting in front of groups of people and ringing the bell. You don't have to do anything other than that. Uh, but there'll be a sign-up uh, thing on the board, and if somebody could sign up and volunteer. Julie may have put it up looking like what, we want one volunteer for the week, but I think it might be nice to give yourselves a break and just do it on a day-by-day basis. So if you volunteer for this evening, you're not committed to that for the rest of the, the retreat. So just one volunteer a day to be the practice leader for the 6.30 sit. So any questions about any of that? Very good. So, um, yes, we have some time for walking very shortly. And I was thinking as Chris was speaking how these these suggestions of the, the sort of four things that we can do also really apply to the walking. This choice, this active choice to withdraw our attention from distractions and other concerns, that we arrive in a spot for our walking meditation and we decide, okay, I'm going to be really present for my walking. I'm going to foreground the experience of walking, not to get anywhere, not to uh, accomplish anything, but just to really be here and notice what it's like to be Uh, to be walking. And then the quality of vitaka that directs attention to something. For me, that landing of the foot on the floor and the contact with the floor is a real invitation to make that point of connection. And then we linger with the sensations of landing in the foot, landing in the step of the body flowing through space. You know, whether you want to be very specific and zoomed in on what's happening in the contact of foot with floor or whether it's more the flow of energy in the whole body, but that you, uh, we, we rub up against, come close to those sensations. And then this attitude of appreciating, of savouring, yeah, it's a miracle, you know, as Thich Nhat Hanh said, you know, the miracle isn't walking on water. The miracle is to walk on earth at all. And it's a miraculous and uh, very rich experience, this experience of walking. And don't overthink it. If we overthink <laughs> it, we get wobbly and we've forgotten how to walk. So, you know, walk at a, a pace that you, you feel safe enough and stable enough but then let yourself play and really savour and explore this experience of walking. Okay. Anything else? Okay. So maybe you could allow the people, if you're not in a group at this time, you just hold back a bit and let the people in the groups leave first so that they can use the bathroom. And if you are in a group just now, come as, as... speedily as you can, not via the tea station, so that we can um, make the most of our time together. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit 
dharmaseed.org slash donate.